and welcome to The Living Enterprise, the peer-led podcast series brought to you by CIO.com in partnership with Adobe and Microsoft. In this series, we're going to be giving you a unique guide on how CIOs and other IT leaders can become the key players in transforming today's businesses into living enterprises. Visionary, future-thinking organizations that embrace change to improve both employee and customer experiences. By doing so, both CIOs and their organizations can benefit by working with more motivated staff, having happier customers, and ultimately help to build a more agile and better performing business. Over the course of eight action-packed episodes, we'll be virtually globetrotting, talking to industry-recognised and award-winning CIOs from across the world on what it takes to become a world-class IT leader. Every technology leader is thinking about customer experience, and I do speak about being the chief experience officer. I'm not going to try to paint the scenario with sunshine and roses and say that when you walk in as a new IT leader, they're all going to drink the Kool-Aid that you're serving. They're not. The big enabler behind it, it is technology. So if you don't have all that lined up, you're not going to be successful. In this first episode, we're going to trace the CIO's move from back office IT order taker to digital business leader. Along the way, we'll examine the core skills and personal attributes needed to help create agile, dynamic businesses which are able to adapt, learn and move at the speed customers and markets demand. And we'll also be looking at changing KPIs and the power of communication and storytelling in selling your vision across the business. Okay, so it's a cliche, but no less true for that. The traditional role of the CIO wasn't that far removed from the old school IT bod, someone whose job was to keep a business's tech up and running and very little else. Or as Manish Patel, the CIO of MG Motors India puts it. The first thing that always came as a part of the CIO role was to keep the lights on, right? Make sure systems, applications, infrastructure work all the time. As time passed to the current time, the IT team is expected to know the business processes, which was not the case 10-15 years back. So what does the business actually do? How is the business running? What are the business processes? How do the sales and after sales person face off to the customers? Where are the issues? What has also happened over a period of time is business has been proactively inviting IT to be a part of them, which wasn't the case in the past. Andrew Wilson is the chief digital officer at Microsoft, and he's also seen a growing connection between technology and the wider business. The CIO role is an illustration of the changing nature and relevance of technology. For many years, IT was something that at worst was tolerated, but not really embraced. And I think that that probably typecast the role of CIO in many cases. Order taking requirements from the business, delivering services, delivering 
uptime and SLAs and talking about technology and engineering and systems and code and really being at worst to typecast it, perhaps disconnected or being seen to be disconnected from the business. The digital revolution and the primacy of data at the heart of business strategy means that nowadays a lot of CIOs and CDOs have moved into the boardroom where they're expected to drive innovation and transformation. Technology is mission critical. Entire services and customer experiences are delivered through technology. The cloud has arrived. Intelligence has arrived. And so now the CIO is speaking to the main board. Now the CIO is hopefully tasked with a digital transformation agenda, which is directly relevant to business outcomes and is directly relevant to the strategy and success of the company. Yes, uptime and managing the stack are still important, but Cynthia Stoddard, CIO and Senior Vice President at Adobe, also now has bigger fish to fry. Everything that we do has some sort of technology. If it's a smartphone, you know, you need IT to be able to connect to company assets. You know, if you're looking at touchless technologies or your websites or content, that's all technology. So IT is very, very critical. And I would say that, you know, with digitization as being part of the soul of every company today, yes, we are viewed very critical in the world. You know, the movement to the cloud hasn't really freed us up totally from worrying about capacity in servers and networks because that's really table stakes for us. But we're also now worried about solving business problems and solving those with the right technology. And in today's digital landscape, you know, IT and CIOs have to understand and improve the customer journey. I mean, that's like absolute paramount. To adapt to this new world and their place within it, CIOs have had to learn a whole new raft of skills to meet a very different set of KPIs. Jason Oliver is Director of IT Services at Sussex University in the south of England. KPIs are interesting and the evolution of them in respect of a CIO's role. Whilst historically it would have been core metrics around things like server availability and system uptime, there's still a place for that. But actually that's more informing around the performance of the IT team and they're metrics that are important for CIOs. They're not metrics that inform on the performance to the wider business and the wider institution. Those metrics are are more around student experience for us, research grants that we've been successful in, or how we are becoming more sustainable as an organisation. Those sort of metrics are not ones typically that you would have seen a CIO necessarily being involved in, certainly not leading in the formation of even three years ago. And I think it really demonstrates the changing emphasis of the role of a CIO. It's no longer just about physical IT. It's much more inclusive. It's much more diverse, which is aligned with how technology is pervasive across institutions and how technology does underpin the way that most institutions operate. It requires the leader to be far more integrated and knowledgeable, candidly, of the business. Andrew Wilson from Microsoft again. The measures of success of the role now are all about business outcome. And they're not just about 
what is done. They're about how quickly it's done and with how much business relevance and with how much speed and with how much success at scale delivering change across different markets, across different industries at the speed of modern business. And all of those are very different in style, behaviors, talent and skill to the old style CIO. My name is Jay Farrow, and I am CIO for the Quickcrete Companies. We're the largest manufacturer of packaged concrete and materials in North America, in addition to a number of other construction and building materials products. My journey to CIO has been a bit crazy. I've had experience in a large number of industries, but I never started out to be a CIO or let alone even an IT guy. I fell into it after college when I actually had to find a job to support myself. I had learned how to program in high school, and so I begrudgingly took a job doing it right out of college and fell in love. And I remember calling my girlfriend, who became my wife at the time, and she asked me how my first day on the job was, and I said, I get to play with toys all day, and they pay me. And I knew I had found the right career. That career has seen him take the role of CIO at a number of organizations, including the American Cancer Society and insurance giant AIG. He's lived through the digital revolution and has a very clear view of the importance of the CIO in transforming the modern business. I think the best CIOs in the world are business leaders first and technologists second, right? CIOs in IT don't exist in a vacuum. They exist to drive a company's mission forward, to serve their customers, etc. So I really feel strongly that the best CIOs in the world are business leaders first. So the more exposure that a CIO can have in her or his journey to other aspects of how an organization works is absolutely critical. So I've had experience in operations as a CFO, as a chief customer officer, and a number of other disciplines that really has helped me, I guess, round out my journey as a senior executive. And it's given me perspective on what's truly important to organizations in my role as CIO. CIOs arguably now need to be polymaths, with a handle on every aspect of the business. And if they're to be at the forefront of a company's digital transformation, key to their success is the ability to communicate their vision of how IT and data can directly impact the bottom line. Something Aileen Hayes, CIO for EMEA at the global information services company Experian, says many IT leaders often have trouble doing. One of the things that I've found is that people can be really, really passionate about the thing that they know they need to change or that know that could be improved or could be different and could bring benefit. But they're not always very good at explaining it in business terms. So I've many times sat in on people doing a pitch around, say, an infrastructure uplift, where it's explained entirely in terms of So we're going to actually have this many racks and it's going to include this many blade servers. And as a result of that, the electricity costs are going to change like this and the air cooling is going to look like this. And we're thinking about putting a flywheel in for kicking off our UPS and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And at the end of it, you go, yeah, but you're asking for quite a large amount of investment here. And they go, yeah. You go, but what's the business benefit? And they go... What do you mean? 
Sometimes people get that really quickly. And so they talk about management of risk or they might talk about enhanced services, extended availability. They might talk about the fact that it's going to be less cost to maintain or that they can absorb growth without additional cost around staffing because it gets easier to maintain or whatever it is. Some people get it and they can understand how to articulate what they're asking for, much more from a business point of view back. So you say, this is the business benefit we're going to deliver. And to do that, we're going to do these things. And some people don't get that as easily. And they still start from the, I'm going to do this technical thing and then stop. My name is Bernd Poyshoff. I'm currently the Group Chief Digital Officer at UVEX Group. You probably may know UVEX from all the winter sports, Olympic Games and World Championships. So athletes are wearing our equipment. I'm in the digital space for more than 20 years now and have been with several consultancies, agencies, uh, but also retail companies driving digital transformation across the board. Bernd Prushoff is another successful IT leader who stresses the importance of communication skills. It's no good blinding people with science, waxing lyrical about the relative merits of different software and hardware. It's about opening their eyes to how the technology will improve the bottom line. I don't see a point, honestly, in IT people blaming their business companions of not being able to understand tech. Because I say, well, that is your task. You need to translate it. You need to be able to communicate in an understandable way that also enables your CEO to make a decision. He doesn't care about a 500 uh, laptop PC rollout and the new iOS on it and everything. But he cares about his working force being efficient and being fast-paced in doing their business. So, and I think these can be examples where we can change the way we tell our story and we can change the narrative of IT. It's not just something that fulfills a demand that somebody else has filed. It's about using potentials and exploring potentials that has not been in someone else's mind before. David McGrath is the CDO of the club's Australia network. They represent over 2,500 entertainment, hospitality and gaming venues in Australia and New Zealand. He has a very specific take on the benefits of good communication skills. He started out as a journalist. As you know, we talk about the role of a CDO, you know, a lot of that for me is the storytelling ability. And I think that's been really beneficial for me to have a way to be able to articulate the complex quite quickly and being able to talk to a board or to a CEO or an executive that aren't digital natives. They understand the benefits that, you know, transformation will bring to their organisations, but they really need someone to be able to help navigate through that and, and make the complex simple. So it's a world that started in storytelling and right now it's still storytelling, but rather than telling other people's stories, which for me was, you know, 25 years Years ago, I'm, I'm now telling a technical story and telling it more to the operational structures and, and those making board and CEO decisions within an organisation. And Bernd Prushoff at UVEX says it's important that the story that IT leaders tell is a positive one. Of course, you are an advocate for change, and a lot of people still 
are in fear of what the future will bear. And I think this is why it is so important that we as CDOs are delivering a positive message. I still struggle when I see digital presentations or uh, digital communication mainly being based on fear. So having keynotes with the title Digitize or Die Trying or uh, Be Eaten by Digital Transformation, titles like that, I don't think they actually help because I've never seen a human being being motivated by something that I fear. Many CIOs we've spoken to say evangelizing about the massive potential of technology, not just to solve problems, but also to drive the business forward, is a key part of their job. Here's Microsoft's Andrew Wilson again. You still need to be able to comprehend and understand the potential for modern technology and its relevance and when it's ready for prime time and understand its security posture, understand its scalability and understand how to integrate and engineer things together. Those skills are still required. But around that, you need to be a coach and a communicator. The ability to lay out a digital strategy, to win the right to transform the business, to change behaviours, to drive process engineering, to change policy, to introduce new product types. All of that now plays a much more key role in the dialogue of what a digital transformation strategy actually is. So process skills and communication skills and leadership skills and political skills the investments required to transform an organization may be very significant. And in order to operate as an effective member of the C-suite and to drive change across a business, the CIO or whatever the CXO title now is, is absolutely central to that. That's a lot of skills. Oh, and one more. It also requires an understanding of how to lead a talent transformation because many of the skills now needed to drive technological change have changed as well. And so the ability to diagnose that and build the right type and shape and pace of team also become essential, in my opinion. So the needs and type of skill has meant that I think we've seen a lot of change in the personality of the CIOs in the market and the successful CIOs are general business leaders with a technological acumen, but also a change management, communication and talent acumen as well. Here again is a key part of the philosophy behind becoming a living enterprise. Yes, CIOs have to embrace new technologies, but they must also work to modernise the employee experience and adapt to new ways of working in an uncertain world. That means teams must be given the appropriate tools, skills, resources and motivation to realise their potential and help the business grow. Here's David McGrath from Clubs Australia. I think the best advice I could give someone that was looking to go into an executive role with technology is to ask as many questions as you possibly can, be as inquisitive as you want to be and never stop learning. I think the one thing that you know, progressive companies want their staff to do is to be better and certainly want them to go off and learn. We know that, you know, staff aren't with you forever. And if you can get one, two, three years with a staff member in your organisation and you get the heart and soul and intelligence and energy out of them, I mean, you can't ask for much more. Uh, But certainly one thing that will keep people at your organisation is you giving them the ability to do amazing things and the ability for you to allow them to learn. 
I've absolutely had the privilege to mentor some amazing people who are now CIOs in their own companies. And the one thing they all have in common is they're all quite a bit better than I am. <laughs> Jay Farrow, CIO at QuickCrete, is also a passionate believer in the concept of putting people first. Process and technology come later. And he's developed a pretty good eye for talent. The qualities that I, I look for are similar in all of them. Passion, number one, passion for what they do. Passion for leadership, passion for change and continual improvement, passion for customer excellence, passion for never being satisfied with the status quo. I think adaptability, the ability to recover, so resiliency, because as a CIO, you get told no. Rarely are people calling you to tell you that you did an outstanding job. Usually when they do call you, it's because they want more, they need something faster or something's not working. And that's not boo-hoo. Being a CIO is wonderful, but you know, you've got to be resilient to take that constantly over time. So I look for those qualities. Obviously, integrity and then a solid work ethic. Are you going to do what it takes to get the job done, uh, whatever that means? So all of these folks who are now CIOs have these in abundance. So I'm very proud of all of them. As more and more companies embrace digital transformation, the CIO's role has become central to the business's success. For many, that means they've more than earned the right to a seat in the boardroom. And David McGrath from Clubs Australia sees no reason why they should stop there. It used to be that you have to have an accountant, you want to have a lawyer, you want to have someone from a background that, that might be operational in the particular sector. More and more you're looking and you're saying, actually, I need a technology person that can sit in here, either at the CEO level or either into the board, and, and really you know, start to create that sense of diversity right across that operation. And for me, I think the communication part has never been more valuable, especially for people in our industry. We really should be aspiring to lead the companies of the future. And I'm sure and I certainly hope there's going to be a few of us out there that really want to be leading companies going forward and, and bringing a technical know-how and a story storytelling ability, you know, and a sound credibility with everything we do and, and really bring it into the companies of the future. David McGrath from Clubs Australia on the limitless potential of IT leaders. That's all for this episode of The Living Enterprise. Next time, we'll be taking a deeper dive into how CIOs can set the boardroom agenda and become true digital business leaders. The IT strategy that we've now got is not a strategy for IT. It's a strategy for business. you got to bring your executives, your peers, and the board on board from day zero, if not day zero, day minus 90. Taking the whole company on a digital journey, yes, absolutely key. Yes, you have to communicate in the C-suite, but it doesn't stop there. More tips and advice from our stellar cast of CIOs coming up in the next episode. In the meantime, to dig deeper into the philosophy behind The Living Enterprise and the CIO's role in it, search The Living Enterprise to check out our dedicated website for insights, advice and resources to help CIOs build one. <laughs>